Good morning. This is Game Perspectives with Saul Angeline. And today we're talking about a game called Low Fantasy Gaming, right? Correct. Low Fantasy Gaming. That's all I know. In a series of uh, episodes devoted to alternatives to D&D 5th edition, uh, I came up with a D&D clone, retro clone, OSR. You can label it any way you want. And you describe it any way you want. But basically, in this case, Low Fantasy Gaming tries to make the D using both old, original D&D and AD&D rules and mechanics with elements of 5th edition. So they kind of combine old with new and they want to run a game that is uh, that has the feel of the old game but has that modern elements and they want to make a game a fantasy game that's a, a low fantasy meaning that's not a lot of high magic low level lower level i get uh, the idea powered i get the idea in all of these not D D games yes that these people don't like magic well that's just me that i picked i mean that that that's that's me determining what to talk about but if you want to get away from the high fantasy that D and D is, how do you do that? You, uh, one, you eliminate the high fantasy part, and you go for a different, grittier, right? Grittier. We've been using that term a lot when describing this series of alternatives to D and D, and there's no doubt about it that that low fantasy gaming is definitely trying to do that. It's trying to make fantasy game that is, it's just not a lot of magic, not a lot of high level characters i mean you can go you get pretty powerful but there's always a chance that you might get killed in this game because because of the elements that they use in the, because of the rules right there's the elements in the rules that make it so that you don't get really super powerful like you would in you know, original uh, original D D or i mean not original D, but fifth edition dungeons dragons okay okay this focus is to make the game uh deadlier uh, lower level, lower uh, powered, and th for example, the stats are lower. The levels are capped at level ten or level twelve. I forget exactly which one it is. I'm pretty sure, but you can't go higher than that level. At after level four, uh, you don't roll for hit points anymore. Whatever you roll, you get one hit point plus your constitution bonus. So at the most, usually, you, you know, if you that's have like three. If you have a high constitution, I mean, like an 18, you're going to get five hit points per level after fourth level. So what does that do? That makes it that you're not going to have 150 hit points at 10th level or a, a, whatever the average would be, depending on what kind of character class. You're going to just have slowly progress high, higher and higher, but you're just not going to have that many hit points. So death is always a little bit around the corner. There's no death saves. Right, there's no death saves like in fifth edition. There's no negatives. You hit zero. If somebody doesn't uh, do something like help you to get to one hit point, uh, you're dead. <laughs> I, I I was reading the review of this game, and yeah. it says that it's a human centric game. That if you want to play one of the two classic fantasy races, elves and dwarves, there's a short chapter on that. <laughs> yeah, they do have certain weird ones, like they have the the Skaven. Not Skaven, I'm sorry. That's uh, that's Warhammer Fantasy. But they have other races in the game that that they allow, like halflings and and uh, 
or gnomes. I think I forget which one. Uh, it says there's only if you want to play one of the two classic fantasy races, elves and dwarves. Huh. Well, I know they have a list. Maybe th- that's the, in the original rules. I have the deluxe version of it. Oh. So they might have added some more stuff. <laughs> so I think with the goal of being a grittier, more deadlier game, I looked at the rules and I'm like, I looked at the book and I said, well, how do they achieve this, right? How do how do they believe they achieve it? So they they say it. They say it in their, in their first few pages of their book, of the rule book, that, uh, that they want simple rules. Right. Um, I'm sorry. You you just told me that it's a mix of original D and D and and advanced D and D. Has elements. Yeah. Elements. Yeah. Oh, elements. It's yeah. not. They're, they're, are they O O S R O R S O? I think you can call. They qualifies as O S R, but they don't. Nowhere in their book, nowhere in their pages does it say O S R. Right. So they're not necessarily part of the O S R community. But they're but because they are using old uh, AD and D rules. They say they're using old AD and D right. rules. That's that's the basic of that's their basis of the, that's where they start from. Okay. And they want to mimic that kind of gameplay feel? feel, right? But they also add elements of modern, modern. Well, yeah, modern D and D. Like they have advantage and disadvantage. To make it simpler. To make it simpler. And then what they do is they simplify the rules. Now, how do they do this? They simplify the rules by they eliminate a lot of uh, a lot of skills, right? So they don't have as many skills. And if they also, uh, what is it? They uh, included characteristic roles, right? So instead of uh, trying to find, a, if, you, if you are trying to do something that's just taking your raw strength or something like that, there's no skill you use. They just say, well, just use a, char- a characteristic role. Use your, use your strength role. And because uh, most characters gain, well, they, they don't gain a lot of uh, attribute points. To Their attributes don't go up very much. But usually their attributes are above 10. And some of them actually decide to raise their attributes a little bit more during, during play. Uh, they have an attribute uh, role where you just roll a d20 and you roll under your attribute. Okay. Because most people have higher than 10. Yeah. So if you have a, a 13 strength, you roll attribute roll. Under 13. Under 13. And you see, that's not in the D&D, original D&D. That's not in AD&D. And that's not even in 5th edition. And then they have qualities of success, right? So if you roll under half that number, then then it's like a... a Good success. Or, I'm sorry, simplification just went out the window. Well, no, because of what they do too on their character sheet, they have a, so you if you're really number agrophobic or you want to call it, they have a chart on the back of the. They have a chart. They have a chart saying, well, if you if this is your attribute, a great success would be a six, and an astounding success would be a three, right? So that so they do it to do math for you. <laughs> that's that's a good thing. I mean, is if it, they have charts, all I know is the, I'm just. When I sat down to play, what was it? It was a game where that Felipe was running. Okay, uh, Conan? No. Oh, Conan was, the math was funky for me because I couldn't figure out what it was they were trying to get me to do. But no, it was uh, it was the crunchy system that you guys like. Stars, out in the stars. Space opera? Space opera. I remember sitting down at a game and I remember 
people handing me charts and I remember looking at everyone and all these guys are going, I love these charts. These are so cool. And I'm going, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? Oh, you're so chart of agrophobic. Anyway, I'm just saying. So they, they have, so you, there's spots on the character sheet that say, you know, this is. Well, if they do the math for yeah. you, that's always good, especially right. for math challenge people, which most gamers aren't, but. Yeah. Uh, they also say that they, they, they like the fast and engaging uh, combat rules. So that that's that's what they say. A lot of the characters or, or adversaries adversaries don't have a lot of hit points. Yeah, combat tends to be pretty pretty quick. Also for you, so you better be careful. If they call it dangerous and greedy. Part of the dangerous is the fact that you're you're never going to be super powered. I mean, you're going to have a lot of a lot of hit points compared to regular people. But you're not going to be like, like right now we are fourth level. We are fourth level and I have 22 hit points. Okay. Which is not a lot. And then after, after fifth level, I'm only going to get one hit point per my constitution bonus. And my constitution bonus is zero. Because you're a good gnome or something, aren't you? Well, yeah, there's that. And I didn't put a lot of points to, to constitution because they don't give you a lot of points to, to distribute, to spend, to distribute yeah. at the very beginning. So you're not going to be overpowered. You're not going to have a. Usually, nobody has the 18th anything because it's just too many, too many points on one attribute. So I think the highest number I have is 16. So that's part of the dangerous, and it's dangerous because you don't have a lot of hit points. It's greedy because there's not a lot of magic either, right? It's quasi realistic. But do you guys have a magic user in your party? No. Okay. So you're just a bunch of. Well, I, uh, I've hear I I hear part of your game, so I know that you're. Getting your butt kicked sometimes. Yeah, left and right. I think we have a monk. I think we have a monk. I don't know what he is. Just, <laughs> again, and they don't use regular. Uh, they don't use regular classes like oh, I am an artificer, which is somebody who's, you know, can tinker with stuff and and makes weird things. Like you can make a chainsaw, like sword or something like that. But that's not where I decided to go into. I decided to make a a rifle or a gun, like a blunderbuss. You and your wanting to be the gunslinger. Thing. Well, yeah, I mean, it was. I, I'm in, I'm in a strange phase, and for, for like for example, Mike is an artificer, but he's in totally different, in a totally different direction than I am. So that's kind of interesting, right? You know, we're both artificers, but he's on a different direction than I am, and that's the way the game is. Even though there's not very many classes or. I, I have a question about this game because I looked up the, I looked it up to to do this episode. I looked up reviews on it and stuff. Yes. And this is the one that was a PDF first. Right. It's free PDF. Okay. Okay. So I think the the version that I looked up and um, did my my looked and and got ideas from is from that version. Right. Because I don't see artificer. Right. In here, I it says there's only the classes. There's only five classes: barbarian, bard, fighter, magic user, and rogue. So your deluxe right. edition must have added stuff well what happened was is that it was a free pdf mm -hmm. right and that's all it was and and the guy kept changing stuff and adding he had different versions of he kept updating it and then finally somebody like like a previous people they said you should we want like a we want a book we want a book and he goes well that's out of my <laughs> there's no way i can make yeah. a book <laughs> i'm not gonna do that <laughs> so so they urged him and he finally and he did a quick starter 
Okay. And he did rather well, I guess. And uh, did I did I do the Kickstarter? I didn't do the Kickstarter for this I, I, low fantasy gaming. But you bought a bunch of them. Right. Well, no. Well, yeah. What happened was, uh, long story short, short story long, uh, I got on a different Kickstarter for he decided to do a low low life. 2080 or 2090 2090 which is like a cyberpunk yeah. type of game and w- with that obviously he did rather well he did a kickstarter for for low life low fantasy, low fantasy gaming. gaming and he came out with the low fantasy gaming deluxe book right which i didn't buy or do had anything to do with that with that kickstarter then he did the 2090 kickstarter low life which you were all over because i remember you going oh my god this is a this is so cool yeah, it is pretty cool <laughs> I, I really like the idea of a of a cyberpunk Yes, uh, with fantasy, so yeah. kind of shadow running. Yes, or, or like but shadow not running. not so crunchy. Yeah, and not so crunchy. So, so we I decided to go in on a Kickstarter, and then for uh, what was it for uh, stretch goals? No, no. So I didn't, I didn't. I don't remember a lot of stretch goals, but I just got the book. But uh, you could buy a. Uh, this so they one. gave me a code. Yeah, they gave me a code for low fantasy gaming, and the code was for uh, what is it the. Uh, for drive through RPG where they print the book for you. And because the, the Because coupon, your guys were going, I need a game that's not such high magic and uh, as well, more I don't gritty. Know, I don't know why I did it, but I go, oh, this is he a pretty... It. I believe he did it because Mike was wanted a game like this. I think he was he didn't want D&D anymore or D&D 5th edition or whatever we were playing. It was too he much. wanted it more, more gritty. Yes. And uh, every other game that I mentioned was for him too crunchy. Yes. Right. I mentioned Warhammer Fantasy. Yeah, I yeah, mentioned yeah. Uh, a Chart Master, which is a, a zoo. Oh my zoo, God! Zoo, chart zoo, Master. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's called Zoolander, right? Oh yes. Uh, what is the it? one with Zoolander, isn't that the one? Oh no, the 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 one that I that we played was the American version. The, yeah, uh, the that's America. the same same system. But it has like a uh, hundred and thirty-seven pages of attributes or or skills. <laughs> no, it has a hundred different. Pa- uh, uh, people that you can play in <laughs> yes so like so easy catcher to choose stuff. from yes so anyway he didn't want to play any of those and so i thought oh the low fantasy gaming book and i and i think they were they were like 10 or 15 dollars a piece because i pay just for the yes. cost ad cost and shipping so i go well i'll just buy three of them and, and give them to my friends and that's what i did was it low fantasy gaming no no i gave the 2090 books to them and I shipped them to them and, and stuff like that. So they have those books. But I didn't ship them the... I never bought the low fantasy gaming. But I... But... Well, you got one for yourself. I got one for myself because I go, oh, I was kind of interested in it. And so I was talking about it. And then they go, well, let's mm. let's play. I go, oh, okay. So then they bought the PDF of the low fantasy deluxe version. And that's where we have all the rules and the added stuff. So he did change the rules quite a bit from the free PDF to the low fantasy game. I just wanted to the mention line. this because I had the we had a question from um, our one of the last episodes we did on what was that game? Simbroom. And somebody said, "All I see is the five E edition. Why would <laughs> why why um, I can't find the other one? It just looks like why would you want to do this if it's just a five E edition? And because we're talking about not D and not D and and." I told Saul, I had the same problem as this person because when I was looking it up, I kept going to this 5e edition. And I'm like, so when you're looking stuff up on the internet for specific games, like Saul kept calling this low life fantasy gaming. Right. Because of, because of the other one. Right. Low life 2090. Right. I couldn't find it. 
So then, then when the- I finally did find it, it was because I, I go, that's not the name of it. Then I, I put in the right name, but I got the old review from the just the original PDF. Correct. So if you want to find Symborium, is that the the one that we Symbarum? did? Symborium. Symborium. You have to actually go to Free League and then go to their games to see the original one. Right. Because- versus the 5e one that. Is all over the internet because it's just coming out. Yeah, it's just. I think they they, they kickstarted it in twenty twenty one, and they're fulfilling it in August of this year. So people are getting their books, and retailers are getting their books. Yeah, and and most of the time, most of the time, usually, uh, they want to get the people who kickstarted their their game. Uh, you, they want to get the books into their hands first before right. they start retailing it. Right. So there's always a big push because people who who pay for the Kickstarter and get the book after they see it in retail are not going to be happy. And they always complain that they're not, not all of them, but there's a lot of people who complain going, why did I Kickstarter when I could just go to the, to the, my store and get, you get all the special stuff, right? Sometimes, sometimes. But so anyway, so this, this, this one is low fancy gaming deluxe. Okay. Deluxe. Which it's actually a really nice book. It's full color. Uh, I I don't think you I need paid to put for that it. in the notes because we just called it low fantasy gaming because that's what you wrote down, right? And that's what I looked up. But what I'm actually reviewing is low fantasy gaming deluxe. Yes, right. I'm I'm just saying, you know, because when you're looking up stuff on the internet, it can be confusing right. if if you put in the wrong words. Right. And and so this is made by Pickpocket Press. This is he okay. has his own company. Uh, I don't remember the name of the person who, who. Uh, you can put that in the notes also. Yes. Um, Stephen J. Gridonski, Gridinski? No, Grizicki. I think that's how it is. Sorry if I butchered Grod- the name. Grodziki. Grodziki. Anyway, that's my. Yeah, that's our bad pronunciation. He'll write it out for you. And and on the book it says, it says less magic, more grit. More grit. <laughs> so I, I I it's a really nice book. I mean it's it's printed in at uh, what drive through which they use Life Source. I heard lately that they raised their prices by five percent for all printed materials, but it's still you're still paying like depending on the size of the book and the type of uh, paper and all that, it can range from like forty to like seventy dollars depending on the page count. But this was pretty neat, and like I said, I uh, I like it. It's full of charts though. If you another thing is that what they do in this game is. Uh, is they use the term sandbox, right? Yes. Which is a, a big buzzword in in, in the in not D and D, but in gaming. In gaming. Yeah. And in this one, it kind of harkens back to that random uh, random monsters, wandering oh. monsters. Yes, yes. And so what you do is you have a chart that tells you what what kind of wor- what kind of land you're in, like grassland, marshland, and then you you go roll on that chart, and then you roll on another chart that tells you. What kind of monsters are in that area? So you, then you roll again. So literally, you can do that kind of deal where you're just the idea of having random encounters and you're in a random area. Right. 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 Correct. Which, which, to me is 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 just I don't know. That just kind like of it? freaks me out. The whole freaks only because only because I've I've accidentally killed people's horses because of charts <laughs> and stuff. I mean, I, I I'm not a big chart person because I don't know. I guess, but. I don't know what to say about that. There's lots of charts. Of course. But you don't have to use the charts, right? It's just a, a suggestion. Correct. I mean, I think what, what they're trying to do is if you want to run a real... Random. Real random, real... Uh, what did I say? What is it called? Sandbox. Sandbox. The GM doesn't even know what's going to go on. 
And so these charts literally are just literally has different different locations, and they, and then they have different monsters if you want to do that. And the only problem is right, the different monsters is that. What if the monster can't be in that environment? Well, that's why you roll on the chart for the environment. Oh, okay. And, and then, then, on then the, in that environment, you roll for another okay. for what could be there. And it's not always a monster. It's just sometimes it's just a situation. Random encounters are just that. They're random, right? So you never know exactly what's going to happen. Right, right. And I think and a lot of that a lot of that is, is exploration, right? You're outside. Yeah. But they do have stuff for inside a city, inside a village and stuff like that. I think uh, it's very good for people who want to get into that game and and have never experienced that or never run a game like that. So the charts are good. If you've been running a game for a long period of time, you could probably come up with your own type of stuff ahead of time. And since the monsters are really simple, there's not a whole lot to write down, right? You don't need, there's not a lot of hit points. So you just write down the basic stuff of the monster, what it can do. And, and you're, you're, you're playing. There's not a lot to worry about. Now, see, I can go with that one because having run Pathfinder and D&D with the monster manuals, I literally sometimes have to bookmark it or print it out. Definitely, yes. And and then hand it to somebody at the table and say, you run this monster for me because I don't have the, I don't know what they're doing. I don't have a head for that. There's way too much stuff, too many details on how too many spells they can cast, right? Right. So part of the less magic and grittier is treacherous magic right that's how they describe it uh you roll to see if your spell goes mm-hmm. it's not automatic not like if D or fifth edition if you throw a spell there's a chance that that spell is not going to go off is that where the luck comes in in this game no that's just your magic skill or your okay. skill uh, uh and uh most of the time you your spell goes off but there's always a chance that your spell because you're dealing with like kind of like I don't know what you call it, like chaos, chaos. Yeah, yeah. The kind of like Warhammer, because magic is so foreign to humans and f- to the world. There's a chance that something really bad might happen, and like I think I've described some of the things that could go wrong. Uh, you, your spell goes off, but something bad happens because you are basically you are forcing magic to come into this world, right? And so uh, sometimes something wrong can happen. Like what was it? What was one that we were talking about Conan weren't we no we were talking about this game and i said one of the things that can happen is like like your beard has tentacles come out of it yeah and it doesn't do anything bad for you right it doesn't doesn't harm people might notice them (laughs) (laughs) and the tentacles the tentacles will will dry up and and fall off within three three, one to three days right that i believe is from a chart that is a chart right so the so just weird things might happen if your magic goes awry and the chances of magic go awry are depending on the dice roll yeah, we we talked about this with the other games too, like Warhammer and where, Warhammer, yeah, and then the Symborium. Symborium. I don't know about. We uh, talked about that using the magic can make you have bad consequences. Yeah, not bad consequences, but isn't it more you can toward go towards more evil stuff? Right, that does happen. You get the so darkness comes yes, into you. Yes, right. So There's a chance. So that's interesting. And Saul and I were talking about that. It's a way that you mitigate how you how much magic you want to use or as a magic user you have to make choices and we talked about it before like in shadow run you can oh, put yeah. a lot of into your spell but you can also end up on your butt or knocked out right 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 
and then like Conan, we were talking about Conan and Saul and I were having this conversation because in Conan, you don't want anyone to know you're a magic user because they're frowned upon. Because right? magic is evil. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but like, if you want it, what he says, he played a magic user and his favorite spell was earthquake. Right. But also you need to tell your party, you know, you need to stand away from me because anything could happen with you. Do this, well, that right? was really tough because you, you, you start the earthquake, right? But, but you don't stop the earthquake. But you, you start the earthquake. That's what I'm sorry. And, and yeah, you have no control over whether it keeps going or stops. Right. When you stop the spell. So the, 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 yeah, in Conan, much like this game, magic is frowned upon or uh, seen as you know like you know like evil the unknown right right and uh and and people mistrust people who use magic and definitely that's the same thing in conan now i think that i think what it does is in this game is because there's might be bad consequences to throwing spells you may not throw spells all the time. Right. You're not going to throw nilly-willy spells, right? You're going to be very calculating and spell throw spells when, I wouldn't say when absolutely necessary, but you really think about whether you want to throw a spell or not in this game. And I that I hearken back to a lot of these games that aren't D and D. They these people don't like magic users, I guess, or they they really want you to. They think magic users are too powerful, so right. they really want you to think about it before you do it. Right. Which is interesting when, and so if you really want to play a magic user, that's your your character, your go to character that you right. play. This might not be the game for you. Right. There's a, you're not going to be throwing the. You could be throwing fireballs when you get a certain level, but there's definitely like like in Shadowrun, there might be consequences to yeah. you throwing such a uh, big spell. I think it just need. I think, like I said, it makes you think before you throw a spell. Well, do I really need to throw this spell? Do I really want to have tentacles growing out of my chin? And that's like you know, that's not even. There's like a hundred different things that can happen to you, and so most of them are not dangerous, right? But they do change. Like there's tentacles growing from your beard, you know, as a beard, right? And you're like. Well, people are not going <laughs> to. You know what are you going to? You're going to think about it's a human centric game. That's going to be odd. Yeah, and 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 yeah, and you're like, people are not going to like take very. What is it? Kindly. Kindly to some weird weird tentacle growth coming from your face. I think, and I think it's very interesting, and it makes it for a more interesting role playing experience in that sense. Yes, because then you're not going to go to town because people are going to, oh, you're cursed or whatever, right? That's weird things can like, you know. I'm going to go camping for five days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting. I think the, the idea that that magic is very, uh, very mysterious and very dangerous. I think that's pretty cool. I think that really makes, uh, probably why we don't have a magic user in our party. <laughs> that's probably why. And we're like really, we're kind of like sad sacks. Well, there's only like three of us in the party, right? That's playing. It's not a big group. And so we have to be very careful about the things we do, even though yesterday they were very, uh, not careful, very gung ho. And I'm like, eh, I'm not going, I'm not going back down there. <laughs> and then they finally, you know, they, my brother says, okay, well, somebody will cure you or cause I was wounded. Right. right. Not, I only have like six hit points left. I'm not going to go back down there. So I don't know if he threw me a bone or not, but I he was I was able to get cured and I went back down. <laughs> I don't know. It's a very interesting game. I I'm not so big on the charts, but I guess it does kind of throw different things into the mix. Then right, I think that's the whole point is that you everybody you know and and so far every, every, 
my friend Mike and my brother Felipe have been really uh what is it the they've been using the that the charts the charts and being random and it's worked out pretty well like uh, Mike totally did his randomly you know, like he, what about Jim did he do I think well? Jim likes planning things you know because he likes maps so his was a little bit more planned and more classic style of of uh, I can see that I I, I I would I'm not so much into the charts myself uh, the random stuff so I can understand that and then at the very end it says it's a generic rule set it basically does use D D uh, like a basis basis for their rules but it changes it enough that like it's not it, the same it's not really D D I mean it is only because you still have like like uh, strength dexterity and stuff like that but they added perception for a uh, for a trait does and luck. Which luck, luck. That's what I wanted to ask you okay, about. Does so the luck, deluxe edition have luck? Because yes. I read about it. Yeah. And luck is basically saves your bacon for being such a, a harsh. Uh, but you only get you only get ten points plus your your adventure level or your. That I don't know. I know you get so many points, and you get them back. Uh, I think at the end of the not the end of the session, but at the end of the adventure. Yeah. And and and, and you the, use them for luck saves and luck checks, right? Loves then they're specific. They don't like totally save your bacon. There's a chance it might save your bacon. So, so you use luck to re to for a chance to reroll. You got to roll and see if your luck really works, and then 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 you get to save your bacon. So you're either lucky or unlucky, <laughs> right? Right. And then as your luck goes down, your chances of uh, of of succeeding go down. I believe in the luck in the luck roll. Yeah. So you really got to use that judiciously. Yeah. I've never used luck. I think I've used luck maybe once. But because uh, I really wanted to hit a target and I didn't hit it the first time. So I go, oh, I'm going to use luck. Yeah. And I got lucky. Oh, it's just like hope in, um, in Lord of the Rings. Right, like hope in Lord, Lord of the Rings. Ring. It's kind of like plot the points. The One Ring. Like plot points or, or bennies in, in Savage Worlds and stuff like that. But it's not as But it's powerful. not as powerful because right. you don't get it just, you don't get you don't get to do what you want. You get right. to roll to see if you can do what you want. Right. So everything's mitigated. So I kind of like this rule set. Uh, we're running it right now instead of D and D. In our, uh, we play Friday nights online with me, me my your friends, my, my brother, and my friends, and stuff. And so far, it's they really like it. I think I'm supposed to run next, but uh, I haven't decided if I want to run this game, continue running, or maybe run a different game because they seem to be taking it doing it really well and and uh and i'm not sure you just want to break up the monotony is that no, what not monotony it's a really good game it's i'm having a lot of fun but uh you just want to throw a wrench in their in their plan i might just run i might run it I'll, I'll i'll show them how to run this game and then and then maybe the next time it's my turn to run, I'll run something different. But <laughs> show them how to run this game. You're <laughs> such a dork. But I really like it. I mean, uh, uh, he, this pickpocket press guy, uh, Stefan Gradzinski, uh, he's uh, he's running a pretty good good set of rules. And if you like uh, gritty kind of games, then there, there's his Low Life 2090, which is a fantasy cyberpunk game. Is also very imaginative and also invokes the same type of uh, of rule set that this does. It has a, has the exact same uh, type of rule set, except obviously a slightly changed for uh, a cyberpunk futuristic setting, which is pretty cool. And then the, he also has a 
uh, a setting called the Midlands setting. He made it for low fantasy gaming, but then he kickstarted a, a different one for fifth edition. So you can actually get a fifth edition setting of his Midlands, which is basically a low fantasy setting uh, setting mm-hmm. called the Midlands. And it's like very uh, medievalish uh, English type of uh, setting from what I saw. I don't have it, though. I mean, I have it on PDF. I don't have the physical book. I got a ton of PDFs. <laughs> anyway. and, I, and I got that because of the, I kickstarted the 2090. And they go, do you want, I think I did go with the added uh, PDF for this and the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There you go. There it is. So I think uh, we'll stop talking about uh, alternatives to D&D. Uh, we went over three games, uh, low fantasy gaming, uh, Warhammer and Simbaroom. They're all fantasy games. They're all qu- quite different, come from different uh, angles. Uh, angles is a good word. Ankle? Angle? Ankles? Angle. <laughs> Angles. Direction than uh, than D&D 5th edition. I think they're all really well written. The settings and the and the rules. Uh, and they it is different enough that you're not going to get the same experience as you would playing 5th edition. There you go. This is Game Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And you have a good day.